good morning, Journey. How we doing? Y'all good? Good. My name is Brian Van Epps, and I want to begin this morning by telling you a bit of a story. In January of this year, uh, my good friend Bob, you might know Bob, he hangs around here a little bit. Bob and I started just having a conversation. I've been the pastor at Big Sky Christian Fellowship up the canyon for the past five years now. We've had a phenomenal five years there. And, and Bob said, hey, um, we've got a transition coming up. Chris Townley, our teaching pastor, is going to be uh, moving down to Phoenix full-time. He's been living there part-time and here part-time and has been our teaching pastor. He's going to be planting a church, Kaleo Church in Phoenix. If you're in Phoenix, you better go to Kaleo. That's all I got to say, okay? So go support Chris. Chris is really uh, a child of this church family. He's a product of this church family. And I would just encourage you to just thank him and love him really, really well uh, in his remaining time here. He's going to be starting down there in September. Just an incredibly gifted, intelligent, and wonderful guy. He has been leading you and serving you really, really well for the past couple years. But Bob said, hey, there's this transition going on with Chris. And can I just get you to like come teach one time? Uh, in February. This is how these conversations start. Like, hey, can I get you to preach one time? I'm like, yeah, sure. So about February, I came down and I preached and uh, got to see you all and, and spend some time with you all and, and just have loved this church for a very long time. We do a lot of things very similarly uh, here and in Big Sky. And then Bob said, hey, um, what do you think about this whole teaching transition, Brian? Would you be interested in having more conversation about the possibility of teaching more here and, and maybe helping us out? And so that led into a time of prayerfully seeking out kind of what, what was God up to? That's, that's really all I want in this life is I want to know what God is up to and then I want to, I want to follow after whatever he's He's doing, and so Bob and I and John and some of the council, we began this conversation of, hey, what, what could possibly happen here, and, and what is God up to in the midst of all of this transition? And so in April, I came up, and I preached again, and if some of you were like, was that a tryout? It was, okay? Um, that's just how it works here. So... Um, and we just got together that day, and then I had lunch with your council and their families, and we just really started falling in love and feeling like God was calling us to, to this church family, to Bozeman. My wife is from Churchill. She's from this area. And so we really felt a strong call that God had been leading us and was leading us into this moment. And so in May, uh, we talked with, uh, well, we talked with the council up there in Big Sky for quite some time before that and the council down here. And then in May, we made it official that I have agreed to be uh, your next teaching pastor starting in September. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm excited. And if you've heard me preach before, some of you are like, whoa, he's a lot of energy. Um, I'll try to sit every once in a while and give you a break, okay? Um, but I am just so, so excited to be a part of this team, a part of what God is doing in the valley. I, I believe this. 
I believe that Journey Church has been, been given great responsibility from the Lord to lead and guide um, families and individuals here in the valley toward Jesus. I think God has a grand vision that we have no idea about yet. I don't think we have any idea about the scope of what God wants to do in and through each and every one of us. And so I am so excited to literally be on the journey with you guys here in the future. But can I say this in, in our opening? It's been tough. It's been really tough. Um, here's what I would ask. This, I've got a couple asks for you this morning. One would be, would you pray for me and my family? Um, we've transitioned now down here. We, we got a place in Elk Grove. Um, we sold our house up there in Big Sky. And so there's this process of saying all our goodbyes and, and we're not moving that far away. And so it's more of a see you later. Um, but we're transitioning down. We've got this great place in Elk Grove. If you're an Elk Grove uh, neighbor, come say, hey, we're on Anne Glade, okay? We'd love to just stop by and hang out. Um, and we're in the midst of that season of transition. I have a five and six-year-old, and so uh, some days are great about that, and some days are a little tough. Uh, so would you be praying for them? Uh, we're all just getting accustomed to Bozeman and the new things like the Sweet Pea Parade and all this fun stuff that we get to be uh, a part of. And then would you also be praying for uh, the church in Big Sky? Big Sky Christian Fellowship is now in a search process for their next lead pastor and like I said, we've had an incredible five years there, and, and we believe that God has the best days ahead of them. Uh, they've got a great staff up there, great team, youth pastor, next generation pastor, and uh, also a wonderful admin who also does our kids' ministry. And so would you just be praying that God would bless them and give them so much clarity uh, as they seek out where God is leading them in this next chapter as well. Could you, could you commit to that? Can I get like some shake of heads? Yeah, okay, all right, cool. I'm a talk back guy, so you better talk back to me, all right? All right. There you somebody, all right. Hey, I got a question for you. Do you like waiting? No, that's, okay. I don't like waiting either. In fact, when, when we said we're gonna do this whole transition thing in May, I was like, wait a minute. May, June, July, August, September, like what? I mean, I gotta wait till September to start getting to know these folks and hanging out and, and, and getting going. Um, there's a lot of waiting going on in this transition of life. If you've ever been in the midst of a move, there's just a lot of waiting that happens. You put an offer in on a house and then you wait to hear from the seller and then the seller says, yeah, we'll, we'll sell you our house and, and then you wait some more days until you have an inspection and then you, you wait some more days and you wait some more days and you wonder, are we ever even gonna get this house? And, and, and it, waiting, it's just it's something we all do but I don't think too many of us really Enjoy. In fact, I just, I just, I hate waiting. I'm one of those guys who v ruins my birthday surprises. Anybody else like this? Okay. You're right. Like a couple years ago, my wife, uh, she, she got me a present and it was in this little box and I, I'm the guy that shakes the box. And sometimes when I was younger, I would open the box and re try to repackage the box. It's just, that's how I am. Okay. Right. And I shook the box and then I said, it sounds like rocks or something. Like, I don't know what she's got in here. This is, this is no good. And I, I wanted a shotgun that year. I had my eye on this new Remington 870 shotgun wingmaster. And I was gonna, for those of you who love animals, I was gonna shoot targets with it. And for those of you who love to eat animals, I was gonna shoot animals with it, okay? And so, uh, <laughs> just saying, okay. 
Um, and if you're offended, John Oakley at JourneyNet or whatever. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> so I said, man, I'm not getting a shotgun. Like I, like I dropped all these, it wasn't even hints. I was like, I want a shotgun. And obviously this little box didn't have a shotgun in it, right? So the day of my birthday, I'd gotten some money from my parents and my in-laws. And I'm like, I'm going to take all this money. I'm going to go buy me a shotgun on my birthday, right? I'm going give to give this birthday present to myself, right? I'm just climbing down the ladder in your mind already. Okay, right? <laughs> Disappointment is written all over your faces. And... So I go and I find this gun and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it on hold. We were in California at the time. I had to put it on hold. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it on hold. And I come home and we have our birthday dinner and Lori's like, open your present, open your present. And I open up the present and it is rocks because my wife knows that I'm sneaky and I shake presents and such. But in the bottom of the rocks is a picture. And what is that picture of? That's right, you know how this goes, of a shotgun. And I was like, that's awesome. I found one. It's so great. And she's like, wait a minute. You went and bought a shotgun on your birthday when you had asked me for a shotgun? (laughs) Needless to say, that conversation did not go well for me, okay? She said something like this. You always do this. You can't wait. What are you waiting on this morning? What are you waiting on this morning? Are you waiting, are you waiting to find the right one? It's like Maybe some of you were like, I'm going to go to church this morning. There's that guy, and he's nice, and I think he's single. And maybe like he likes Jesus. He might like me. Like or Maybe are you waiting on... On that, if you're the guy, you're like, she loves Jesus and she'll speak to me. That's all the parameters there are for dudes, right? <laughs> are you waiting for God to put that person in your life and you're waiting and, and you're seeking after God and you're saying, hey, God, can you just, can you, can you bring about somebody who loves you and loves me and, and wants to do this life together? What are you waiting on? Are you waiting for a transition, a change in your life? Are you waiting on something to get better? Uh, are, you, are you waiting maybe on a, on a new child? I saw a couple pregnant folks in here. Um, I didn't ask them if they were pregnant because that's a bad question to ask. Um, but uh, are you waiting on a baby? Are you expectant on a child or a grandchild in your life? What are you, what are you waiting on? Maybe it's something that's a little harder than that. Maybe you're waiting on a better test result. Maybe, maybe this year hasn't been great for you in terms of your health and, and you're waiting for God to do something better for you. What are you waiting on? Psalm 40, for the choir director, a psalm or a song of David. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me And he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new 
song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray especially for those this morning that are waiting on you. Some of us in the room, God, we're waiting and we don't want to be waiting. Some of us have been patient for a very long time. We've waited and waited and waited. Some of us, God, we don't even know this yet, but we're going to come into a season of waiting soon. And so, God, would you instruct us? Would you draw near to us? In these words, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. We're spending the summer in the Psalms. Psalm 40, it's a song of David. David, even if you haven't been to church, yeah, even if you're sitting watching the live stream and you've never been to like a gathering like this, you might know of this guy, David, right? David kills this giant named Goliath, right? If you did grow up in the church, you knew this song, only a boy named David, only a little, okay, somebody's singing it, anyway. Kills this giant. He's anointed by Samuel as the next king of Israel, which makes the current king of Israel, who is Saul, a little bit suspicious. And then Saul gets a little more suspicious after he kills the giant, after he becomes a great commander in the army, and after he starts hearing the whispers. And the whispers go something like this. Well, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, he's killed his tens of thousands. And so Saul starts to worry. He gets concerned. He gets a little power hungry, a little power crazy. And what he does is he decides, I'm going to eliminate this David. And so he chases David out into the wilderness, out into the caves in that area. And this particular psalm comes out of that moment in David's life. David is hiding in the caves, being pursued by somebody who should have been his friend, but that wants to kill him, that wants to destroy him. And so he's spending each and every day in this pit, in this cave with just a handful of his Soldiers, And he's wondering, am I going to die tomorrow? Is Saul going to find me? What's going to happen? And he's waiting. And he's watching. And he's waiting. And he's watching. Waiting sometimes feels like a dark cave, doesn't it? It feels like a pit. So when David says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, he lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, and out of the mire. That's exactly what waiting feels for us sometimes, doesn't it? Waiting, waiting is this position, this posture where you can't quite see what's coming. You can't quite see what's ahead of you. And in our waiting, that's how it can feel, like mud and mire and darkness. I dare say there are some of you in the room who go, if I just knew what was coming, 
I mean, this whole waiting thing is just, I, I can't see clearly what is coming. If God could just give me a hint, if God could just show me something to help me in my waiting, because right now it feels dark and it feels dismal. It feels uh, filled with despair. It feels like a cave, like a pit. And David was right there in that moment when he wrote this Psalm, waiting and watching, waiting and watching, not knowing what was coming. And, and here's, here's the big idea for today. The big idea for today is this waiting is our passive posture before an active God. Waiting is our passive posture before an active God. I don't like passivity. You're going to learn this about me, okay? We're going to get to know each other. It's going to be great. But one of the things you're going to learn about me, I am not a passive guy, all right? Like, I am a let's make it happen kind of guy. Any other let's make it happen people in the room? You're like, yeah, that's me, right? Right? Let's make it happen. But I think waiting pushes us, especially those of us who say, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a make it happen kind of person to a posture of passivity. What I want you to hear real clearly is that I'm not advocating for passivity. Once again, we'll get to know each other more in the upcoming years. Uh, and what you're going to hear me talk about is that I like activity, not passivity most of the time. Right? I really do. Like I think, I think this is a whole other sermon, but I'm going to give you a taste. So if Adam, who was standing with Eve in the garden, right? If Adam had been like, Hey, honey, let's not talk to the servant. Instead of standing there silently, passively, we might be in a different place today. I'm just saying, okay? Right, if he would have chosen activity in that moment over passivity, that would have been better. Husbands, some of you need to get active with your spouses and with your kids. They're waiting on you and you've been passive for far too long. This is what you're getting into, so I'm just okay, all right? It's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day at a men's retreat where we're shooting guns or something, I don't know. Okay, my man. <laughs> but... There are moments when God asks you to wait. There are moments when God says, you need to wait right now. And you need to trust me right now. And you need to understand that I have a plan even in the mud and even in the mire, even in the darkness of this moment. You need to wait passively before an active God. See, God, our God, he never sleeps. He never takes a break. He never goes on vacation. When you were sleeping last night, he, he, he just kept working, right? He had, he had things on the other side of the earth that he was taking care of while you were gently sleeping in that pillow last night, right? He is, he is active all the Time, even when it feels like he's not active, he's active. And what I want to I just ask you to consider this morning is that maybe God has brought you into this season of waiting so that you could practice a passive posture before an active God. Why? Because this is where faith is born. Think about this. Consider this with me this morning. This is where faith 
is born. Does it take a lot of faith for you to take it into your own hands and control the situation? Does that take a lot of faith? It just doesn't, does it? I mean, you can say that it does, right? And you can say, well, yeah, even, even though I can control certain things or certain things out of my control and faith is growing there, and I would say, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. But, but think about this. When you take a passive posture before an active God, what you're inviting in is faith. What you're inviting in is saying, this is out of my hands and this is in your hands. This is the ground where faith grows from. It doesn't grow from you always being in control. It doesn't. Like control freaks in the room, all right? Let's unite, it's okay. We'll get together, we'll eat lunch together and we'll tell each other who should eat what, okay? It'll be good. (laughs) But like, When we control everything, faith is not born in us. Faith is born when life is bigger than us, when it's harder than us, when we can't control it, we can't manage it, when we are passive in this situation, and then an active God, he shows himself, he reveals himself in a powerful way. And I think David wants to encourage us this morning to take a passive posture before an active God. This is the story throughout the story. See, see, God takes this guy named Moses who's waiting, who's waiting out in the wilderness tending to his, his father-in-law's flocks. Right, you just talked about this guy. 40 years of waiting in the wilderness before God shows up in the bush that's on fire but not on fire, that's talking to him and saying, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It's 40 years the Israelites are wandering around in the wilderness before they get brought into the promised land, waiting and wondering, what is God's plan? He brought us out of slavery. Is he ever going to bring us into the promised land? 40 years of waiting, 40 days in the wilderness for Jesus, waiting for his ministry to begin being tempted and tested by the devil. And after those 40 days, after those 40 days, his ministry began. See, God is actively working right now in the midst of your waiting. You you need to know this this is who he is. I'm gonna try to convince you of this more and more in the upcoming years. It's, it's not about you, it's about God. It's not, it's not about you, it's about God. Like God is actively working in the midst of your waiting right now so that faith can be born and so that he can be glorified. And then when you've waited, and then only when you've waited, notice this, It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, right? Let's do a little English. We'll go back to like third grade, okay? English. Waiting is different than waited, right? Waiting is I'm I'm waiting, right? 
Or, or, or right now, would you wait? Okay, yep, I'll wait right now. But waited is what? It's past tense. It means it's been accomplished. You have waited. That is what has been done. In the Psalms, this is only used a very few amount of times, this past tense usage of the word waited. And I think that's on purpose because it's only after you've waited that a new song comes. It's only after you've waited that a new song comes. Anybody going to the Mumford and Sons concert over in Missoula in August? My man, all right, cool. Um, Man, they dropped a new album last year called Delta, which was just like, it just blew my mind. I just, I I love Mumford and Sons and I loved them even more after hearing uh, that album, just filled with all these cool new songs. There's a cool history behind why they named it Delta. They wanted to deal with four things, four things, uh, death, divorce, depression, and drugs. So it's a really uplifting album, if you can tell, right? Um, (laughs) But I remember the first time that I heard the song Guiding Light. And I just thought, oh, this song is so good. It's so, like the tune is catchy. The words speak of something deeper that's going on in life. I mean, they don't explicitly say that this song is about God, but like, just listen to Guiding Light this afternoon. Just go, go to Spotify, check it out, okay? And you're gonna hear that he's, he's, he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about somebody that can be his guiding light. I love new songs. I love new albums. And with the, just the short time we have left, I want to give you three quick observations about new songs. Number one, a new song won't be the same old song. A new song won't be the same old song. Thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Okay? Some of you are hearing the same old song over and over and over. Some of you are buying into the same old song that the world has been selling to you for years and years and years and you're wondering why haven't I heard a new song? Well, it's because you're invested in the old song. You haven't waited long enough to hear the new song. My guess is that some of you are here because you want to hear a new song and you're sick of the old song and what drew you to worship was the chance that maybe, just maybe, there's something new and something fresh and something that is not the old. Uh, You know, we don't talk to our live stream, but there's a whole audience of people listening here, watching on live stream. Some of you are live stream are at home and you didn't even dare come here because you were like, man, I, I just, I was perusing the internet and I just, I came across this journey church and, and I just thought maybe, maybe, just maybe I would hear something this morning about a new song because the old song, man, I've been hearing that old song over and over and over. See, the new song is never the same old 
song. It's never the same old song. When you've waited and when faith has sprung to life, there is a new song, not an old song that springs to life. Number two, a new song may not be what you expect it to be. A new song may not be what you expect it to be. You might be familiar with the tune, but the words seem a little different. You might be familiar with the words, but the tune might seem a little fresh. And see, I think that sometimes what happens is we allow our expectations to squash faith. We allow our expectations of how life should be to push us not to wait. There's a story in the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah, okay? If you've been church people, you heard this before. If not, this is a good one. Listen up, okay? There's a guy named Abraham and Sarah, and they haven't had a child, and they haven't had any heir to their lineage, but God makes them a promise. You're gonna be the father of many generations, and all people will be blessed because of you, and they think that's cute, but listen, we don't have any offspring, so how, how in the world are, are they gonna are, are be blessed through us? And so they, they do what they logically would have done in that age. They, they found Hagar, uh, the maidservant, and Abraham and Hagar, they made a baby together, and guess what? It got all messed up. In fact, this past, this, past, uh, this past year, Chris Townley taught on Hagar, right? Maybe you were here for that. And now this whole story of Hagar is just built around pain and anguish. It just ripped this family absolutely uh, apart because they had expectations. This is how life should go. They said, no, 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 God, I don't, we don't need to listen to you. We don't need to wait on you. We're gonna control this situation. And their expectations ruin the opportunity for them to hear a new song. Number three. Oh, and I like this one. A new song is meant to be sung. A new song is meant to be sung. Notice the words of David. He has given me a new song to sing. Songs by definition are meant to be sung. Think about the best concerts you've been to, okay? I'm betting that most of the best concerts you've been to, you knew the words to the songs, right? You knew the words to the songs. You sang along with those songs. When you're going to Mumford and Sons this week, you're gonna sing along, aren't you? I, you're like, I will wait, it's gonna come out and you're gonna bust it out probably better than you worship this morning, right? You're gonna engage in this. Because new songs are meant to be sung. They're meant to be declared. They're meant for other people to hear. They're not just for you. They're for everybody else. And once you've waited, and only once you've waited, will a new song spring to life. Chris began the series by talking about Pastor Eugene Peterson, who has been, he passed away the, the, um, just in 2018 and uh, was a uh, pastor in some ways to me over the years. A couple summers ago, we at Big Sky Christian Fellowship 
uh, did a summer of Psalms. I'm not sure if Bob like just stole that from us or maybe, okay, okay. Um, and in preparation um, for, for that, uh, I was reading a book that Chris was also reading for this series um, called Answering God, the Psalms as the Prayer Books of the Bible. And I had some questions, so I wrote Eugene Peterson a letter because he lived up at Flathead Lake at that time of his life and I sent off uh, this letter to him and he answered me back and he said, the Psalms teach us to listen. And then his writing was changed, really listen, underlined. To wait, to listen and hear from God. Eugene Peterson has this really interesting connection with a guy named Bono. You heard of Bono? Okay. So Bono got a hold of the message translation of the Bible, which was the translation that Eugene Peterson did. And I think it's particularly beautiful for books like the Psalms. And and Eugene Peterson and Bono started getting together and hanging out and enjoying each other's company. Uh, A couple years ago, Fuller Seminary, they um, got Bono and Eugene Peterson together to have this conversation about the Psalms, about the book that teaches us to wait and to listen. And U2 has a song called 40 that they close every concert out with. And, And the words of the song go something like this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. Sounds familiar, right? I'm gonna give you a sneak peek of this conversation between Bono and Eugene Peterson. I think it's one of his one of his best ones and he he sings it a lot i mean he does this a lot it's one of the psalms that reaches into the hurt and disappointment and uh, difficulty of being a human being and uh acknowledges that in in a language that is immediately uh, recognizable you know there's something that reaches into the heart of a person and the stuff we all feel many of us don't talk about. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last, he looked, finally he listened, and he lifted me out of the ditch. He pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure that I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song.
my guess is that there are some of you who are waiting right now. And I want to give you time and space to engage in that waiting. To take a passive posture before an active God. A God who will answer you. A God who will put a new song on your lips when you have waited. And I thought an appropriate way to do that would be um, to join our voices uh, in this chorus written by you two uh, in this song called 40. I don't know what you're waiting on this morning, but God does. I don't know what you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for, but God does. And when you've waited and when you've watched, you will sing a new song. Heavenly Father, guide us into your presence now as we join with these ancient words. Pray, God, for those in the room who are waiting right now. Pray for those who are watching online and are sitting at home and couldn't even make it here this morning because they're just waiting and they just couldn't even bring themselves to getting getting out of the house because this season has been so long. I pray, God, be with us in our waiting. And I pray, God, that you would give us a new song. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.